Hi, I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And standing by to join me is Brian Twiz Brousseau. We're going to talk about his film, Everything But Fear, which is joining the lineup at the 24th Annual Dances with Films Festival. Uh, the festival runs August 26th to the September 12th. And your, your film is screening, I believe you said the 7th, correct? Yep, September 7th. Excellent. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Now, you are a producer and director, and you're an award-winning, award-winning filmmaker. You're based in New York City. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. I was born and raised in New York City, Okay. Um, based out here, and I shoot a lot of films, uh, sports-related documentaries, features and documentaries, short films and longer films, and uh yeah, I work primarily in sports, but also do historical documentaries as well. When did you first uh, knew that was something you wanted to pursue professionally? I went to college at Long Island University Film School. Um, I wasn't sure when I went to film school what I wanted to do, but then I started really focusing on cinematography. So that's my, my main passion. Um, and since then, it's grown and now... Uh, yeah, not only do I like to film stories, but I like to, to tell the stories as well. That's amazing. Now, I want to touch on a little bit about the film, but without giving too much away. Can you give a little bit about it? Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so the film came about, um, it's about Francisco Mendez and his boxing gym, Mendez Boxing Gym. And in New York City, Mendez Boxing Gym is a very well-known gym. Uh, it's also well known around the country as like a very good boxing gym. Pros from around the country, if they have a fight at Madison Square Garden, because of the proximity, because of the quality of fighters there, they would go to Mendez Boxing. It's right in the middle of Manhattan in Midtown. Uh, many champions have trained there. Uh, it's a hotbed for Golden Gloves boxers and amateurs. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a deep, serious uh, focus on boxing, learning boxing, teaching boxing. And uh, it has an excellent reputation. And it's been there for over 20 years. Um, so this film um, started during the pandemic. It did. Um, yes. We were, I was out filming for another documentary uh, during the pandemic in March and April of 2020. And Mendez Boxing, which I had been a member of, I saw was closed up. And so I went near the doors and I started to see flowers and notes on the door um, showing respect to Francisco Mendez. So I called his family and I called one of the trainers there. I'm like, what is going on? Like, what sure. happened to the what gym? Happened? What happened to the Francisco? Yeah. So in the film, we go over what happened and Francisco, who uh, he wasn't an old, old man at all. He was in his early 60s. He uh, I thought he died of cancer because he had a battle with cancer a couple years ago. But it turned out uh, I don't know if he had a weakened immune system, but he caught COVID. Mm-hmm. And so he had a battle with COVID um, in, in April of that year, 2020. So oh, so sorry. Oh. Yeah. So once once hearing that, I said to Ricky, I'm like, we have to honor him. Something we have to honor him in some way as best we can because he was very um, 
not only was he a boxing trainer and a boxing gym owner, he really was good with everybody. He built community. He gave everybody a chance. And uh, it, he was just a very special person. And it re- was reflected in the community he built at Mendez Boxing. Mm. Um, so, it, yeah, he was much more than a boxing trainer and a boxing gym owner. He, he was really someone who cared about people, community. He cared about uh, young boxers coming in to teach them, but he also cared about old trainers that needed something to do with their time. So he created this awesome equal ecosystem of learning, teaching, furthering the sport. And uh, he, he was just a great person. But once we started filming the story and interview uh, with, interviews with trainers, boxers that he trained. Um, uh, we, we learned a lot. Like we learned where he came from. He came from a very small town in the, the Pueblo region of Mexico. Mexico. Um, came here with nothing. He mm-hmm. immigrated with dreams of becoming a boxer, but it didn't happen. Uh, and then he started training people at other gyms in New York City. But he always worked hard. He he loved teaching boxing, and he had the dream to start his own gym, and it just grew and grew and grew to become one of the best boxing gyms, uh, well-known gyms in the country. I love how you have created this so people can understand his legacy, and the phrase "we have everything but fear." Tell me about that. Yeah, he had this phrase that he. I don't know when he first started saying it, but he had this phrase that he would um, say to everybody, his family mm-hmm. and his friends. And I think he was such a positive person. It was, it was almost like, you know, it was like in a positive emotive that he lived by. Uh, and I can't pronounce it very well in Spanish, but it, tenemos miedo, miedos, I think it's pronounced. Uh, but he, we have everything but fear was his mantra in the sense like, we must go forward and don't have fear, be positive, achieve your goals, and then you will be happy. And he lived by this. Even through his, uh, his bouts with cancer, um, he was positive, and he was positive till the end. He didn't think that uh, COVID would, uh, would get him, but he, yeah. he was, remained positive. So this phrase was important to him. And it's awesome that, you know, maybe through this film or through everyone that knew him, Uh, people will find some positivity in it. Well, it's a great testament of his resilience, his strength, determination. I mean, I grew up in New York. You know, it's there's a certain type of person that that grows up there, that lives there long term. And it sounds like that was him. It was amazing what he was able to accomplish in in such a positive way. Like he he started out a few blocks from Madison Square Garden on 32nd Street. Mm-hmm. Um, and a second level, small space. That was his first space. And then uh, he kept growing it and growing it, and people flocked to it. So he, he eventually moved to another spot on the west side of 26th Street. Uh, he was there for a few years, outgrew that space, and then moved to his space by Madison Square Park in 26th Street, which was a basement space, lots of room. He had two rings, a nice locker room. Uh, it was really a special place for people to go. And uh, in, in some ways it was sad because it was, it was the kind of gym he always envisioned, like, yeah. you know, a hot, humid boxing gym 
you could get a good workout. It was like the Mexican style gyms that he grew up uh, boxing in and training in in Mexico City. So it was awesome. He loved it. He had Mexican flags in the gym. Uh, it was just like this environment. And then ultimately, at this point, the gym could not reopen because it was a basement location. Sure. So they're, they're, uh, his son, Frankie, they're trying to look at new spaces that, that they can go, that they can abide by the, the guidelines in New York. But, that would be um, great. I mean, maybe they could do a fundraiser. Yeah, they, they, there is a GoFundMe yeah. page on their associated with one of their Facebook pages. Um, but they're trying they, you know, they don't want to live because this, this community is strong, even though it's kind of like virtual right now. Um, right. They were doing Zoom classes for a while. Some of the trainers have picked up at different gyms, but they're still, I could see in the responses on social media at, on the Instagram, Facebook, the community is still there. Like they're very strong. We had a screening at the Queens World Film Festival and a lot of people showed up. It was a beautiful screening. That's great. And yeah. And now with the West Coast premiere at Dances with Films on September 7th, already uh, some boxing gyms on the West Coast are excited about it, like Supreme Boxing Gym. There's going to be some champions attending. Um, Wild Card Boxing Gym, the famous boxing gym in Los Angeles. They've uh, retweeted and responded to some of the po social media posts. So I think some of those people will be there as well. So I'm really excited that um, boxing, boxers, trainers, um, Mexican-Americans in Los Angeles were going to go to the screening and be inspired by his story. Yes. Uh, and over the years, you've seen more women be being part of the gym, right? Oh, it's amazing. Like if you, that's one of the beautiful parts about Mendez boxing you when you were there, you would see, I would say 50% women boxing and, not, you know, some doing it for exercise. Some are like serious amateurs like Jillian Bliss. Uh, she's a champion amateur boxer that fought golden gloves. Like she's in the film. Um, you would see people like her, uh, serious women boxing boxers. You would see, you know, average Joe's training in boxing. You would see champions, uh, boxing, professional boxers. You would see famous boxers, like anywhere from back in the day, De La Hoya would come in to train before a fight in New York. Mm -hmm. Mike Tyson, <clears throat> Miguel Cotto. Um, so many boxers, champions have come to train at, at Mendez before they would uh, box in New York. I bet my dad had heard of your um, of the boxing gym because he grew up. Well, he worked in New York for years and years, and I remember walking that area. It sounds very familiar. Yeah, it's a uh, it's in, it's actually in a, it, the current location is a beautiful part of the city, right near Madison Square Park. Mm -hmm. um, beautiful park. That's and in, in, you'll see this in the film there were these benches that on the break to get fresh air, they would come out, <clears throat> sit on the bench, um, smooth, talk to each other. So you'd already see all these boxing trainers nice. on the benches in Madison Square Park right across from the gym. I love it. Yeah. Anything else you'd like people to know about the film? I think, I mean, besides, you know, boxing uh, people, trainers, I think people who um, 
you know, want to be inspired by a coming to America story, people who have lost someone to uh, COVID during the pandemic, anybody who wants to see a come from nothing story, I think will will enjoy this film. It's uh, it's just a positive story about a life lost during the pandemic. And I hope everyone gets the chance to see it. Has his family had a chance to see it yet? Yes, they came uh, to the screening at the Queens World Film Festival. And um, it was so wonderful because there, there really wasn't like a dry eye in the house. It oh, was I just, can imagine. Uh, they really enjoyed it. And um, it was very good. And the Q&A after the film, people got to express how they felt. And it was just, it was beautiful. It's amazing. So I would imagine that this film has inspired you to do other similar documentaries because of the impact it's making. Definitely. Like, I, I really liked with this film, um, what I, I went to this, you know, we were searching for the story of Francisco and his legacy and the wonderful uh, effect of it or the surprise that we got from it was learning about the community and all the people that he inspired. So like our instinct to make the film was accurate. And then what we got in return, what we discovered was amazing. So yeah, I hope to do that again with another film. That's amazing. Uh, what would you say to people who want to get into filmmaking and you know they've had a tough time during the pandemic imagining that becoming a reality? Yeah, I, I don't think, uh, well, I think they should go for it. Obviously the pandemic is like, it made it difficult for us. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I was out filming uh, this other film, Last Call, which is about the shutdown of bars in New York. It, it was, a, the plot was the, the shutdowns of bars in New York, but it was really about the people in New York going through this, pro this the pandemic while it was happening. The, the, the anxiety and stuff, but we were yeah. out filming for that um, scenics and stuff like that. And then we, we came up with a safe way to do interviews where people can walk into a studio without coming into contact with anybody. We would interview them and then they would leave without coming into any human contact. So we used that technology and process for the everything but fear film. Um, so it just showed you like, well, where there's a will, there's a way. And it, even though during a pandemic, it could be more difficult, you shouldn't stop. You should just go start your film. Right. You don't have to have the complete vision in your head ahead of time. Don't hesitate. Start filming. The story will come. That's the process, especially mm -hmm. with a documentary. You will learn and unravel the story and go, and go for it. And you know, these things, any obstacle can be um, overcome even during a pandemic. So yes. if you have an inkling or an instinct, like, oh, I think this is a good story. I'm not sure what it is yet, but just go for it and uh, it'll come together. I know someone asked me recently, how do you come up with ideas for screenplays? I said, just be open, be open to the strangers you meet, the experiences you see, the unexpected moments. I mean, especially in New York you can get in a conversation with just about anybody if you're open. Right. Right. Okay. And so, you know, everybody's story is unique and you don't know what the layers are underneath it until you go for it. So yeah, mm -hmm. you have to be curious. 
like you said, you have to be open, even though you have a preconceived direction, just be open to where it's going. Like I didn't, for Francisco Mendez and everything but fear, I didn't know it was going to be an immigrant story. I thought it was going to be just about an interesting person who created the best gym in New York. But it turned out he was, you know, there was a lot of parts to his story that were inspira inspirational. And that's why there were all these notes on the door of, of Mendez, flowers. It was because of the impact he had and he inspired people. So I'm so glad I took that first step, not knowing. And then uh, the amazing story that unfolded or the, that came to light, I'm, I'm very proud of the film. And I'm happy for the family and the community. And I feel like people could watch this film without being huge boxing fans because it's not, it's about his legacy, as I said earlier, and the impact in the city and on so many people's lives. Yeah, it's a, it's just in like, a, and we all have these people in our lives that have affected us in a positive way. So I think when people watch it, they, they would think of people that just are, are positive in their lives, that maybe have helped them that they gain inspiration from. Everybody has those people. So mm -hmm. I think uh, while the film might make you aware of Francisco's life, it might just make you uh, think about, oh, who are the people in my life that inspired me and, and uh, made a positive impact? And, mm -hmm. and it might make you make a positive impact on someone else. So right. yeah, I think anybody will get, gain something from the film. Definitely. There's a um, lot packed into this short film, too. There's, how long is it? It's nine and a half minutes. Nine and a half minutes. Yeah. That is short. Yeah. But there's and a lot. There's a lot packed in there. So I, that's a skill, though, Brian. It was. It was difficult. It was difficult. I wanted it to be short, entertaining. I, I didn't want people, you know, to to because documentaries sometimes can be long and. I, you know, some warrant it, but I really wanted to make it, you know, impactful, short, entertaining. There's some nice animations in there because mm -hmm. we didn't have a, a lot of pictures or video of some of these aspects of Francisco's life. So we did animations and That's great. I, don't know, I think, I think people will, um, will find it entertaining as well. That's great. And editing must've been an interesting process during the pandemic. Again, yeah, it was remote. Luckily, I got a, a great editor, Tim Mullen. You know, he's an Emmy Award winning editor. And he just, uh, he took it to the next level. You know, the same with any collaboration on a film, you know, when you're choosing people to help you or think about it, like you want them to raise the level. And Tim Mullen, the editor, definitely took the film to uh, another level that I didn't expect. And by the way, were you a boxer at one point? I, I was not, no, but never I did, boxed. No, I, I boxed at his, at the That's gym for exercise. So yeah. I, I was a member at Mendez Boxing and um, it, it was such a wonderful place. Like they were, they were, you know, as a boxing fan, I love seeing like, whoa, there's a, you know, box, Miguel Cotto's over there, mm -hmm. you know, Yuri boy, like all these, all these, people are at the gym it was just motivating yes and, my uh, um i didn't tell you this my father-in-law won a silver medal in the maccabi games for boxing oh 
And yeah, he's no longer alive. He's a wonderful man. And I remember we went to Atlantic City, my husband and I, my father-in-law, and uh, we saw the Tyson fight where he bit off the ear. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) On the screen. We we watched it on the screen. But, you know, here I'm not really exposed to boxing and my jaw dropped. I mean, everybody's jaw dropped, you know. (laughs) We were like, what? (laughs) What a historic fight that was. That's amazing. It was. It was. Crazy. Yeah. Not all boxers are like that, obviously. No, no, of course, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one last question. Do you have boxers that you just idolized growing up from New York? That's a good question. Yeah, hey, like New York. Oh yeah. Um I really liked, you know, some of the the golden glove is such a big thing in New York. So I really like some of the golden glove boxers. Mm-hmm. Uh Mark Breland was one of my favorite fighters uh, growing up. He was like, I think he was a welterweight, but he was a multiple year uh, Golden Gloves champion. He was a champion boxer when he turned professional. He was an Olympic gold medalist. He was part of that Olympics where I think six or eight Olympians, uh, Americans won gold medals. Like Holyfield, who's part of that fight yeah. you just mentioned. Yes. Uh, Pernell Whitaker, Mark Breland. Like, uh, yeah, they had a tremendous showing at, I think it was the 84 Olympics in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I love, I love Mark Breland. Um, I like boxers from New York. I like Miguel Cotto. Sure. Um, yeah, I like uh, New York boxers. Are you born and raised in New York? Yeah, born and raised in New York. Yeah, that's why. Well, I hope, you know, they can get this back up and running with a lot of support. And I hope the the film, you know, gets a lot of praise. It sounds like it already is. Yeah. I, I, I'm very excited about the dances with film screening on September 7th. And then uh, I hope to find a distributor for it so that it could live online. So people can just visit it whenever they want to watch it. That's great. And where can people find out about you and the film? Uh, On the website, everything, but fear.com on Instagram and Facebook as well. And then, uh, yeah, and then there's a link on the um, Dances with Films uh, Film Festival page for everything here. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.